Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Favro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Favro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. And we are live with uh, John Lawrence. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Uh, nice to, nice to uh, join you on the show. And uh, it's been long awaited. Yeah, this is uh, this is really cool. I know we are in the summer and a lot of people are on vacations, you know, so I really appreciate, you know, you, you, you're taking the time. And and I think we have a very interesting, you know, uh, topic today, you know, to talk about kind of, you know, studio internal versus like external, you know, business leadership and, mm-hmm. and you know, that, that kind of whole relationship. And, 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 you know, most importantly, you know, how that is, you know, has been changing and how you feel that it is changing. Um, but before we get into that, you know, uh, we need to uh, get to know you a little bit better for the ones who haven't met you before. So, you know, what's uh, you know, what's 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 your story leading up to, you know, what you're doing today? Sure. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my background's always been um, in uh, project management um, in various industries. I started off in uh, in retail, actually, um, way back uh, in the in the 80s. Um, and then went on to doing some uh, research and development, project management, and it was actually my uh, my boss that um, ended up one day announcing that he was going off and he was going to join a company called Bullfrog, um, and uh, and everybody else in the room was super excited about the fact that he was going off to join this games company, uh, and I was like. Oh right, okay. Well, that sounds like an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting prospect. But didn't really think anything more of it. And then one day, uh, he approached me and said uh, he'd arrived at Bullfrog, uh, but they didn't have any project managers. Project managers was very much a thing. This was back in the um, uh, back in '98, um, and uh, basically there was no such thing as a as a project manager in the in Bullfrog. So um, I went down and talked to them. Uh, super excited about what they were doing in terms of the games. You know, obviously had heard a lot about the games that they had made previously. Um, and, you know, kind of talked to them about what I felt, felt a project manager could bring uh, to the games. Uh, there was a lot of very skeptical people in the room at the time. I know that um, talking about, well, we don't, we don't need project managers. We uh, games are ready when they're, when they're finished. Um you know, you can't just you can't just manage that, and you can't project manage it. But um, but anyway, um, I managed to get through the interviews there, and uh, they took me on. And sure enough, uh, from '98 onwards, I've I've stayed within games pretty much. Um, the majority of the time, I spent uh, at uh, Electronic Arts. Had some really good experiences there, working on start mainly starting franchises. So when Harry Potter came to um, to EA, I worked on the early games with Harry Potter. When they got the F1 license, uh, I managed those. And then when uh, Electronic Arts uh, purchased um, Criterion, I ended up going down to Criterion Games to help bridge that gap between EA and uh, Criterion. 
So many interesting experiences there. Uh, I then also had a spell where I went into mobile games. So I worked at um, on CSR2 with Natural Motion for a while. Uh, and then I took a, I took a chance and went out to Dublin and worked with a small studio out there called Digit Games. Um, I met the founder there, uh, Richard Barnwell. He uh, asked me if I'd ever heard of a game or if I'd ever heard of Star Trek, which was like, oh, well, who's never heard of Star Trek before? He said, well, I'm working on this little mobile game called uh, Star Trek Fleet Command. Um, really a make or break for the studio. So I went out there, worked with him. Uh, we managed to launch that successfully. And actually, it's gone on to be a massive success for the studio. And they've ended up becoming part of the Scopely family. Um, since then, I've... Uh, been had a spell back at um, Electronic Arts working for EA Partners. And then at the start of last year, I ended up working, uh, started, took a position with uh, Tencent, uh, working in a new group that supports uh, some second party studios. These are studios that are either owned or have a majority investment uh, from Tencent. And I work as part of a new team called the Nexus team. We're based out of Liverpool. Um, and we support five different studios. We support uh, Sharp Mob, we support Sumo, we support Inflection, we support uh, Tequila Works uh, and Splash Damage. And, um, you know, my role is, you know, the development director there. So I need to work and support uh, the five studios from a development point of view. They obviously have the creative ideas. They ha They bring the creative ideas. Uh, we kind of uh, are almost like the consultants that are going in there, helping them get uh, the games delivered, helping them to connect within Tencent and, um, you know, obviously all the, the the things that that brings. So that's really kind of been my journey as to, to where I am today. And, you know, I, I think it's very interesting. Well, firstly, it's a very interesting, you know, you know, you know, journey. Um, so, you know, super happy to 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 to, to uh, you know to have you on the show. Um, I was uh, I was doing a keynote, a production keynote at the conference uh, not so long ago, and I was introduced as a veteran <laughs> in the industry. And I was like, hmm, hmm. it just means that we're old, that or not? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I guess you know you you have the same same situation. Um, and 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 I also guess in in, in your current role, uh, it's 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 a big advantage to to be able to draw from experiences from 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 so many places. Um, but I want to ask you a specific question here, um, because you know when we talk about uh, you know you know studio leadership, you know internal studio leadership, um, you know production productivity, all these kind of things, which is. You know, if you kind of look at you know my, my you know my show here, you know a, a lot of conversations are around like you know how do we make you know you know you know better games you know, mm -hmm. in a faster way, uh, you yeah. know, so forth. Uh, but but now we're we're having this uh, this conversation, you know, the the relationship between all of that leadership and 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 the external business leadership. And I think that in in many cases people would automatically assume that will be a relationship with a publisher. Uh, but in your case, it's a little bit different. Um, can you just expand a little bit on uh, you know, compare and contrast uh, the relationship that you are having with the studios you work with versus what a relationship would be, for example, between a third-party studio and, and a publisher? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting question because, 
you know, essentially when the 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 job that I would have been doing um, at EA Partners, for instance, is not a lot different to the job that we're doing within the Nexus team. The obviously the obvious difference is the fact that we're all sat on the same side of the fence. You know, we're not going in there as the as the publisher. We're all part of Tencent. Ultimately, we're all part of the same family. Um, and you know, the difference there is the fact that you know ultimately the the job relies on the fact that you're building a relationship um, that's built on trust. You know, as I said, we've got five different studios that we're working with, and with each of those studios, we need to build the relationship whereby we've got you know that element of trust where that we walk in there, uh, we feel. The, the studios feel that you know we're a familiar face to them and that we're on their side and of and you know ultimately the um the the knowledge that we take in there the kind of advice that we're giving them they feel that they can trust and that they will ultimately listen to it so your job is really to get to the point where you know that the the studios feel like they want your advice and they want to listen to you and you know that's very much um the approach that we used to have at electronic arts and but the difference was that we could ultimately at the end of the day go well you know we're the publisher we're paying the bills this is why we want it to be in a certain way obviously you would never want to ever get to that that point in the relationship where you had to play that card but you know deep down you, everybody knew that that was the kind of the underlying relationship whereas with here it's very much about you know, ultimately the team, the, the studios don't have to listen to you. You know, you can give your advice, you can give them, you know, the, you can tell them what the, the stuff that you think would be best for them, but it's ultimately their choice, whether they want to listen and whether they want to follow that advice. But as I say, you know, the, the team that we've built, um, the Nexus team is actually, you know, you mentioned the word veterans, um, collectively we must be very old because um you know i think we worked out we had over 100 years of experience between us um and so you know that means that hopefully we're we're able to go into the studios and be able to give them uh you know the advice based on the uh, the the different uh, scenarios we've seen the different experiences that we've had um and that ultimately we're going to them with good solutions that they actually go, oh yeah, that's going to work for our studio and we can see how that works. So yeah, it's very much built on, you've got to build out the trust, you've got to build out that relationship so that the studios feel comfortable and that they feel like they want to listen to you. So I have a, have a lot of follow-up questions to this. You know, the, the, the first one, um, you know, maybe a bit more on, let's say, on the personal side here, where uh, how do you feel yourself, you know, the balance between, you know, experience uh, and, and, and and new things? I mean, obviously, you know, for, for me, who's, who's, you know, deep in, into, you know, you know, production practices and, you know, like, you know, how can we work in a more efficient way? Um, you know, there are some, you know, there are some mistakes that are just being done over and over again mm -hmm. and where uh, experience can can help to avoid those mistakes. But there's also some areas, you know, where there are actually, there are new practices developed uh, and there are, are maybe new challenges. I mean, I think LiveOps is a very good example yeah. where, you know, these are challenges that, you know, we didn't have, you know, if we go back in time. 
Um, you know, how do you relate to that yourself? You know, to 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 make sure that you know your your advice are both built upon experience, but also up to date. Yeah, I think it's you know that's where you've got to you know you've got to stay in touch with people. You've got to be you know you you can draw on your experiences. Obviously, you know working within mobiles helped with that because obviously you were working very much in a live ops environment, so you can draw on. Uh, your own experiences, and you can, you know, uh, relate that to the to the current uh, situations you're facing. But as you say, you know, things things change constantly. You know, the the what you're dealing with, uh, the problems that you're facing, you know, they will change. But what you what you need to do is basically stay in touch with the you know the people that are living that and dealing with it on a day to day basis. So, you know, I mentioned about our job is um is to connect people within Tencent and you know there's obviously a lot of experience um you know on the Asian market in terms of how they 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 tackle um live ops and how they you know they look at games as a service first and you know our job is marrying that kind of experience that we've had in terms of PC and console and you know bringing games out in the western market and how we tap into the experience and the new kind of um, approaches that we've got within Tencent. So it's kind of connecting the, the the dots, if you like. So, oh, there's a you know there's a good person with this kind of um, free to play knowledge that we could actually hook in to this conversation. And you know you're not the person that's going into the room with with all the answers to everything. It's more about you know you've got some experience that you can bring to the table, and then there's somebody else that you know via your network. Or you know via the the um, the company uh, experience that you could then bring in with a different level of experience, and it's that kind of marrying those bits of knowledge and experience together to create a cohesive conversation with your developers. And can you give a few examples of like typical situations where? Um, you know, you 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 would you know be leaning in a little bit extra. You know, where where uh, you know, hey, this is a typical problem, and you know, you you might have 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 some solutions. Uh, you know, used to be get like a little bit like you know what when things get a little bit more um, a little bit more hot. You know, it's like okay, now now we got some re- something going on here. Uh, what would those situations typically be? Well, in the in the, in the current role, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, obviously the. The, some of the uh, the typical, you know, day-to-day situations that we face right now is, um, you know, how do we get games out quicker? How do we get the games uh, quicker to market? How do we make them, you know, leverage the um, the needs and the wants of of, of Tencent? And uh, you know, what kind of experience that we have to to bring to the developers? The, you know, to some of the developers, this is going to be a new experience because, you know, typically some of the the uh, developers that we work with have mainly been work for hire, whereas now they're looking at, you know, they're creating their own IP kind of thing. And so it's like, how do we get that? How do we marry that problem where, you know, Tencent might want it quicker to market and we're kind of going, well, hang on a minute, you're going to have to wait, you'd be a bit more patient to that. And that's, you know, a typical, um, uh, you know, kind of scenario that we have to deal with. And it's it's really kind of, you know, it's about stakeholder management there. 
you know, you've got to kind of put an explanation why, behind why things take the amount of time that they do. And yes, you know, on, on one hand, people want things to go quicker, but at the same time, what you don't want to ignore is the fact that, you know, you've got to bring out something that's going to be uh, too quality and it's going to stick around and it's going to basically be, you know, it's going to retain players for over the long term. So it's that kind of thing, which it does take time, you know, to get to that. And it takes time to hit on the right idea. So, you know, we have a lot of processes in place whereby we go through each of the milestones and gates to make sure that we're properly assessing the games at any particular stage. And at that point, we get a lot of the input from the uh, Tencent group. And, you know, typically they're saying, well, could we have this quicker? Well, sometimes it's, yes, you could probably have it quicker. However, we'd have to compromise on some of the scope. And uh, on other hands, it's like, no, this is the concept that we're working against and it's going to take this amount of time. And here's the reason why it takes this amount of time. So those are kind of uh, the typical problems that we're kind of wrestling with and dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about change. Um, so you know the the kind of the team and let's say the the the, the construction that you, you you're part of now is mm-hmm. is, is in itself um, you know an evidence to that you know things are changing in the market. But you also have in experience from you know EA partners mm-hmm. um, and and uh, you know what I w- would also like to throw in there is that you know the last you know years we also have venture capital uh, going into into you know game studios which you know we didn't have if we go back a bit in time you know the you know making a publisher deal was the only only way really to finance your development and and so so there's a lot of and of course you know the whole indie scene I mean there's, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of things that obviously have changed yeah um, but. It would be interesting to just hear hear from you a little bit, like you know how um, what, what's your perspective of how, how things have changed and what's been driving those changes. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, in terms of the, you know, from from the point where where we started out, you know, I mentioned about um, you know what's changed. You know, the, the the change to start off with was you know pro- the whole concept of a project manager in a you know uh, uh, applying that to a game was something that was very, very, very new. I, you know, why do we need the project manager into the, in the mix? And really the game, the game is ready when it's ready. And so that's obviously, you know, one of the biggest changes is the fact that it's now become more of a, you know, uh, an industry and, you know, it's more of a, a business now in terms of how you approach things and then all the associated uh, roles that go with it. Uh, you know, I think in terms of over the years, obviously, you know, one of the biggest changes was we'd get a game finished and everybody would have this downtime. You know, everybody would probably uh, work towards this end deadline where the game was burnt onto the disc and it was in the box. And then you'd have a little bit of downtime between that and starting afresh on the next game. Whereas now, you know, obviously it's 24-7 it's you know you're into the realms of live ops and as soon as you launch the game that's where the the hard work starts and i think you know one of the one of the approaches or one of the differences i've found is certainly um you know the biggest eye opener was when we were working in when i was working in mobile in as much as you know my job was the 
development director or the project manager was to put together the roadmap of this is how we're going to tackle things. So once the game's launched, you've got this roadmap of here's how we're going to roll out the different features and here's how we're going to, we're going to, um, you know, satisfy the players' demands and stuff like that. And obviously the, the, the biggest learning was the fact that, you know, CSR2 came out, for instance, and we were getting all of the analytical data back telling us what players liked, what they didn't like, and suddenly the roadmap that you were looking at and you'd planned out, you know, you could throw out the window basically because it was like, well, we, you've got to react to what the players want. You're not, you know, you do, you're not just going to blindly follow the roadmap and the plan that you've set out. You're reacting to the players. And I think, you know, to me, it's that's one of the biggest changes that I've seen in terms of, you know, when you approach a launch of a game is like, Yes, you've got to have a semblance of a plan because you, you know you need to know what you're going to what you're going to work on next, and you're going to have a loose idea of what the team's going to move on to. But the biggest part of that is actually what the players' reactions are, what they what the players engage with. So they're going to be telling you what are the important elements that you're going to have to work on once it's launched. And I think you know, to me, that was kind of the the biggest change that I've seen in terms of how you approach, you know, a game launching. So really the game launches, that's where the hard work begins. Um, you know, final question, you know, where do you think uh, this is heading? Um, if you, if we have this conversation again in, in let's say five years, uh, what do you think, what do you think, you know, just, just taking the trends that you see today, what do you think have changed in five years? Where in the next five years, I see, you know, there's going to be a, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, the the demand for, uh, you know, live ops is just going to keep growing and growing. The games are going to become more free to play. You know, uh, the demand and the, um, uh, you know, the willingness for players to uh, spend more and more money on games is probably going to is going to change. So whereas the you know in the past we'd be looking at games coming out and we'd be able to charge a premium amount for it, I think more and more games are going to move to uh, free to play. Um, I just think that's going to become the way that you know players are going to expect their content to be served, and you know, and I think the obviously the the challenge for us as games companies is how do we keep the players sticking around with your game? Because, you know, you're seeing now there's so much demand for players' time and, um, you know, their uh, their concentration that if something comes out and it's not great from the start, players don't stick around. They, they're not going to stick around. They're not going to give you that chance. They'll move on to the next thing. And I think that is the challenge that we face over the next five years. It's like, how do you present something that's compelling that, you know, is free to play and it becomes part of the player's life? You know, I know we used to have a, a saying, you know, obviously within um, mobile, you know, you're, you're tracking a lot of um, uh, KPIs, you know, what's your seven, day seven retention? What's your day uh, day 30 retention? And I know the, the the phrase that we always used to talk about was, well, we need to think about this as day three six five retention. You know, how does it? How does it, what the game that you're going to bring out? How does that next big thing become part of the player's 
day-to-day life and their day-to-day experience and how do they keep coming back one day after the next so i think that's kind of the biggest the biggest challenge that we face and how do we bring that over to console um and pc basically um cool um super thanks for um for giving a little bit of a um, you know glimpse into in, in, into your world, um, I think um, I think we have some very exciting times you know ahead. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and um, hopefully, you also get a little bit of um, summer vacation. Yeah. Um, well, the dealing with five different studios means that you know uh, that uh, doesn't tend to um, happen too much of the time, but. Uh, yeah, hopefully um, we're fitting around the needs of our studios, obviously. All right, super. Well, thank you so much. And uh, thanks to the audience. And uh, see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Share it in your social media so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing. Check out Fabro Academy on fabro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.